Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. A quick note before we get into this week's episode, I want to tell you about my upcoming online breathwork class. Every month, I lead hundreds of students through the most powerful breathing technique I have ever discovered to facilitate personal growth, to release past trauma, and to really enable you to achieve this profound mental, emotional, and spiritual breakthrough to better your life. The most common remark I get from students after my classes is, Ryan, that felt like years of talk therapy in one hour without having to say a word. It's truly that powerful, people. So please go to ryankennedyhealth.com slash breathwork and register for my upcoming class. I encourage you to watch the short video on that page, read through the feedback and testimonials from past students. You don't have to take my word for it. See what people are saying about these classes and learn more about this life-changing practice. Now on to this week's episode. Hey folks, welcome back to the show. This is your host, Ryan Kennedy, and I have with me today, Justin Davis, and we're gonna be diving into some really good topics around adversity, vulnerability, and self-love. As most of you know, I get into a lot of really brass tacks, health optimization strategies on this show, but I'm super excited for this interview because Justin has a lot of great advice for just life, just being a human in today's world and dealing with some of the challenges and setbacks and different obstacles that we all come across from one time or another. And today's episode is actually a two-part series I'm doing with Justin. So you can find part one of this episode where Justin interviews me on his podcast, which is called Who Can Relate? So you could search Who Can Relate on YouTube or any podcast platform. And you can learn more about you know my journey to functional medicine. We talk about breathwork techniques to shift your mental and emotional well-being, dive into holistic remedies for migraines, for you know bloating, for nausea, all sorts of different things. So I encourage you to tune into his podcast, not only for this part one episode, but also for the 35 plus other episodes he's had on with great, great experts in the field on awesome topics. I've been really enjoying your show, Justin. So Thank you, man. welcome, man. It's so great to have you here. In, Thank you so much. You're at the little wellness sanctuary of mine here in San Diego. <laughs> yeah. Sanctuary is the, is the perfect <laughs> word. Yeah. So Justin uh, is an international model and, you know, he's a self-help and relationship consultant. Uh, and he also hosts this incredible podcast. And so uh, he's perfect guy to have on, you know, <laughs> and I, you, I'd like to talk, uh, start by talking a little bit about adversity. Sure. You know, we all, we all face adversity yep. in life, mm-hmm. you know, at one time or another, or in some shape or form, yeah. you know, it looks different for everyone. Yeah. And I found a lot of people have a victim mentality. Yeah. You know, like this is happening to me mm-hmm. rather than reframing these challenges mm-hmm. and seeing them as an opportunity, yeah. an opportunity to learn, to grow, to evolve. For sure. And also see things as happening for you, not to you. Exactly. So I, I'm, I'm curious to hear some of the major adversities you've encountered on your journey. Yeah. And, you know, as a follow up to that question, what has shifted in the way you used to deal with them mm. versus how you handle them now? Yeah. Great questions. Um, for me, you know, my, my show is, again, heavily predicated on adversity, vulnerability and self-love, as you mentioned. But I'll, I'll break them down as, as we go. So right now for adversity, um, when creating my show, I, I thought, God, I, I, I can't be the only one who's going through either what I am currently going through or what I've been through. And I'm like, we all go through adversity. 
but nobody wants to talk about it until you hear or see someone else talking about it first. And then you can relate to what they're going through. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, we're all, we know that we know the whole cliche and all the, you know, the, uh, we're all faced with problems, right? Life is hard kind of whole thing. But for me, it became at a certain point, okay, I have these problems, but how do I problem solve these problems? How do I come up with solutions to my issues, clarity to the confusion? And I was very much so one of the victim, you know, club members. I used to think this is happening to me. Why me? Of course, it's my luck. You know, I didn't give the whole song and dance. And once I began to really focus and hone in on the mindset and how it's everything. And like you said, this is happening for me, not to me, right? Like some of the hardest lessons that I, that I had to go through, um, are a blessing and, and they're, they're partly what shaped me to be who I am today. Again, for, for my mindset purposes, and then just to really add some tools to now my, my life toolbox, as I call it, um, pain is, is the best teacher. It is. I mean, it's like, you can look at it however you want, but for me, I look at it, pain is the best teacher. And aside from the the victim thing, the other thing I would do when it came to being faced with adversity is when things didn't go my, um, raised by a single mother, only child way, my spoiled way, I would throw the entire experience away. Oh, I quit. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. Or the grass is greener if it was in a relationship, et cetera. But when you throw the whole experience away, two things happen primarily. One is you're not being realistic with your expectations that this is not going to happen again. And now you're still inadequate to to deal with this because you've never really sat down, rolled up your sleeves and got to work. And the second thing is it's like, it's just a false way of thinking. It's a false sense of security that you think you're providing yourself. I'm going to remove myself. I'm going to exit this situation because it doesn't serve me or it's not going my way. That's a false sense of security because for the most part, life is probably not going to go your way, right? So again, yeah. the sooner you can start tackling. And for me, I, I mean, I've dealt with abandonment issues. I, again, was raised by a single mother. My dad was really never around. Um, my own mother abandoned me at, at one point. I was 17 and, and her boyfriend at the time gave her an ultimatum of it's either Justin or it's me. She chose him. Wow. So there's a lot of things in here that you know, I, I was just dealing with, and, and again, I was just like internalizing all of this and having this, this, this struggle with myself and a solution for me with adversity was therapy. I always say therapy for the win. And it was, I, I really get the two benefits out of therapy. Number one, I'm able to be understood for the first time someone can understand me. And, and, and that, that alone feels amazing. And then the other thing is I'm able to now understand I'm able to understand I can break down. I had my mom on the show recently and um, not that I intended on doing this, but I almost was like a therapist for her and we were on a couch. So I, I'm breaking down an intricate detail from childhood for her as to how it led up to where she chose another man over me. Yeah. And I saw the look in my mom's eyes that you could tell it like kind of went over her head with some stuff, but there were a couple of moments where she looked at me like, how the hell were you able to dissect this? And just years of therapy, man, and really not being afraid to embrace what most people consider a bad thing or pain or I'm a victim to this circumstance. And it's so baffling to me that people also associate therapy with weakness. Exactly. They think that, you know, asking for help is a a bad thing, but it's so many profound benefits when it comes to just 
even just saying some of these things out loud, right? You know, or writing it out, even if yeah. you're not saying it to anyone. It's yeah. it's just we get all these emotions and experiences pent up inside of us, yeah. and they just don't serve us. Exactly. And when you start to talk through it, like you said, not only do you understand, you're able to learn from these experiences. Yeah. And that's a really powerful way to not repeat those mistakes, not repeat sure. those hardships. Yeah. And I love what you shared about pain because pain truly is one of the greatest catalysts for change. Mm -hmm. That really is what helps us to know what direction we should take, sure. where we should move away from, what yeah. we should move towards. Mm -hmm. And many people just kind of avoid it and see it as a negative thing. But yeah, it's really the the pain teacher as one of my mentors, Paul check likes to call it. Yeah. It's, it's such a, a valuable tool. Totally. If, if you allow it, right. Yeah. If, if you're, if you open your mindset to that and, and just to be clear for everyone, it's not like we're saying you need to go through pain and everything needs to cause pain before it's good. It's like not necessarily because a lot of people stay in situations longer than they should. And that's just a matter of, of not really being aligned with your internal value system, your self-esteem, your self-worth, like really being checked in with that. Um, but you mentioned how just talking about therapy could be weakness. And for me, and, and, and I don't know if, if you're ready to go there, but, but the other, uh, when I think of weakness, I used to think that's what vulnerability was weakness, especially as a man. Yeah. It was like, you know, man up, toughen up, stop crying. Boys don't cry. This whole narrative that we've been conditioned to believe since we were boys yeah. is toxic. It is. It's toxic masculinity. Yeah. And I really struggled with that. Not only being raised by my mom, but, but being raised by women primarily that I was more in tune with my femininity side, uh, my feminine side, and as opposed to my masculine. And so when I was around the, you know, macho man, the hyper uh, masculine guy, I kind of went into like a little bit of a shell. And so I really struggled with this. And then as I got older, I embraced it because I was like, look, I, I am a one of one, right? Like no one is me. No one is you, Ryan. No one is anyone out here listening we are a one of one and the more self-love that we can practice and the more we can truly embrace that and find out why we're here and what we're doing with our time here and what, uh, you know, intention we can put towards our purpose, et cetera. I stopped thinking about trying to fit in with everyone because we all know comparison is the thief of joy. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it, it really helped reframe my mindset to really just embrace who I was. And I used to feel like a standout growing up as, as a mixed kid in, in the suburbs of Chicago with a white family. Uh, there was a lot of confusion to, 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 to say the least. I remember oftentimes, you know, my mom and I'd be together my mom's blonde hair, blue eyes, and we'd be together and no one would think we were mother and son. And it used to confuse the hell out of me. Cause I'm like, mom, you know, what's, what's going on? I'm eight. And I remember just, she's like, you know, one day it'll make sense. But I bring all that up because I, it just, I was always uncomfortable with who I was until I wasn't. Yeah. That's powerful, man. Yeah. That's really powerful. And, you know, something you shared is just this vulnerability concept, you know, it's yeah. like this societal conditioning of, yeah. of crying being a sign of weakness. I think crying is such a true demonstration of your strength. Oh yeah. And it's so freaking unhealthy to repress those emotions. Sure. I, I was leading a, a breathwork class uh, at a wellness retreat uh, a little over a year ago now. Mm -hmm. And one of the guys that was attending the the retreat, the class came up to me afterward. He had a deep experience, let go of a whole bunch of shit. And he came up to me and he, he was like, Ryan, I haven't cried like physically let tears out of mm -hmm. my eyes since I was 10 years old. Yeah. And this guy was in his thirties. Yep. And I'm like, dude, do you know how freaking unhealthy that is? Like that is really how you're going to, penting that stuff up creates mm -hmm. so much 
anger, it, it really disconnects you from yeah. yourself, your true self. Totally. And it really removes any clarity in your life. And it's just so, it's such a disservice. Yeah. And it's, it's also too, like, you know, when we said weakness, it's the complete opposite to be vulnerable in relationships. It's bravery. It is. It's courage. It is. It's the hard thing to do. It's the hardest thing to do to let go of your ego, to to put your pride to the side and realize this is jeopardizing my relationship with the person that I love. Whether that's a romantic relationship, if you're a parent, if you have friends that you love, et cetera. It's like, again, the, the, the sooner I put two and two together with vulnerability as it's bravery, not weakness, and it's necessary in order to have in-depth relationships, it was such a game changer for me, and I'm just so happy that I, I found it in my early 30s as opposed to, uh, you know, the later down the road. Yeah, yeah, better better now than never. Exactly. <laughs> now, for someone listening in that can relate to this stuff, yeah. they're like, I hear you guys, I've totally been indoctrinated with this crying and asking for help is a sign of weakness, but what mm-hmm. you're saying makes sense. Sure. You know, they're following us. Sure. What are some practical tips for them. They're like, okay, Mm -hmm. I get it on a surface level. I get what they're saying, but how can I then go and actually take action, implement this in my relationship with Mm -hmm. my, you know, spouse or with my kids or whoever it is. Sure. Uh, the first thing I would say is on a serious note is make sure it's a safe space. You know, you're you're not just going to, uh, open up your heart to a complete stranger. You know what I mean? Who, who doesn't care about you at all. Right. So it's, it's making sure you're in a safe space, uh, whether that's with, with certain family members, if it's your partner, et cetera. The, the second part, which is kind of funny now to me, if I only knew, especially in romantic relationships, to be more vulnerable would equate to a more successful relationship, to be able to let my partner in and understand that this person's not here to hurt me. Yeah. This person's not here to cause any kind of pain. A lot of my relationships would have been different. Thank God I got it together for my wife now. Um, but just, you know, I, and I, luckily I had already started to do a lot of work before I met my wife. So I was able to articulate my feelings. Cause that, that's like the most frustrating part. Even if someone's like, I'm down to be vulnerable. I just can't make sense of how I feel. Yeah. Right. You really have to sit with taking your time and finding out what works for you. What works for me may not work for you. What works for Ryan may may not work for you, but it's journaling helped me. I love talking, but I love voice notes. Yeah. And the main thing for me with voice notes that comes across, unlike a pen to pad, you can hear someone's emotion. You can almost feel how someone else feels and and just hearing their voice. So when I'm going through good or bad, I, I do a voice note. That like that's how I journal. It's like a digital journal, I guess. Yeah, um, I love that because yeah. a lot of times we're inhibited by the preconceived notion of what's this person going to think about what I'm about to say. Sure, and that really changes our ability to articulate these feelings. Exactly. Whereas when you're putting a voice note into your files that no one's going to hear, right. it's just for you. Yep. It really removes those inhibitions yeah, and exactly. removes that potential. You know, it's, it's not even judgment. It's perceived judgment. Exactly. But that I think is a huge barrier to break down. I love that tip. Yeah. And again, it, it, I think at the end of the day, it just, I knew that this was the one thing that I didn't try yet. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm talking about romantic relations primarily. I can get into, um, I'm a father, uh, a proud girl, dad to my 13 year old daughter, but I can get into that too. But right now for the romantic side of things, my relationship with my wife 
is that such a strong bond because for the first time ever, I'm able to try to let someone in. And I use the word try because I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, I've, I've been very vocal with her on my show, et cetera. Um, in talking about, I, I ha- she's like 70, 75% in with me. And it's, it's like, I'm actively daily trying to get to that hundred. But as I've broke down to her, as I said earlier, how I'm able to articulate my feelings, I can break down why it is the way it is. Mm-hmm. Every person that I let into my life has left me. So I know that my wife looking at her, I'm like, I know you're not signing up to leave me, but my subconscious doesn't believe that my heart remembers the scars and the pain. Yeah. Right. So it's like an internal struggle with me that I'm actually, you know, and this is with my wife, let alone like anyone else. So, but back to your question of how does like a kind of a step-by-step if we can, again, what's worked for me is creating a safe space, a safe environment. I have that with my, with my wife. Understanding that this is always going to be the first step to take to resolution, being vulnerable, setting your ego and your pride to the side. Mm. I also consider vulnerability as one of those things where it's like a workout, like no one ever regrets a workout. And what if someone says, well, what if you got injured during your workout? No worries. What if someone, you know, hurts you while you're being vulnerable? No problem. Still a win-win. And here's why. It's a win because if, if the obvious happens, you become closer with that person. It's still a win if something doesn't happen along those and you get hurt. And it's a win because you know now you're able to put yourself in that situation. The hardest part for me was just showing up as vulnerable. Yep. So now that I'm like showing up and I'm showing up and I'm showing up I'm like, wow, I can, I can do this. It's almost like a muscle that I'm exercising. Okay. It's getting a little easier. Oh, wow. I can do Wow. I did it on my own. I did it without even thinking. Right. So it's still a win-win. So I want everyone to, to understand that too. Yeah. That's huge. And yeah. also you're learning, you know, if you, if exactly. you do it in a way that's suboptimal, let's just put it like sure. that to where it doesn't get conveyed in the nicest way. And, you know, maybe who you were talking to doesn't walk away super stoked. Yeah. Uh, at least now, you know, like exactly. hey, now I know that way of conveying this information yeah. wasn't the best way. Yep. Now I can actually try again and change a few things, make yep. a few tweaks, yeah. and it's just all part of the process. If, if you don't mind, Rana, I would love to use an analogy um, of a vase or a vase for anyone who was like <laughs> got the proper term. Sorry, um, my buddy and I came up with this, and let's let's consider the vase or the vase is vulnerability. With something so fragile, you have to be careful with it. So if my wife is is, is we're sitting on the couch and I'm asking her. We're going to stand up now. We're going to walk to the, the concrete floors and I'm going to hand you my vase. Please be gentle with it, right? Let's say she goes, no problem. She has every intention to be gentle with it. She has every intention to listen, to understand, as opposed to listening to reply. Listening in a judgment-free zone or judgment zone, right? Just every intention. Well, there's a banana peel behind her and she slips, she falls, she breaks the vase. My vulnerability is now shattered on the floor. We can piece it back together. I promise we can piece it back together. And it's also knowing my wife didn't do this on purpose. Yeah. Right. Sometimes when you're delivering this vulnerability to someone, we don't know what they're going through. They could receive it in in a different way or perceive it to be a different way. Right. You can have two different experiences on the same event. That's okay. So I just want people to know, and again, for me, I deal with analogies. So the vase kind of helps just know you can piece it back together. It's okay. And understand that it was not intentional. 
I love that. And that's yeah. where I think the voice notes really come into play because you get, yeah. you can practice. Exactly. You can talk it out and see how, and listen back to yourself yep. and put yourself in your partner's shoes. Yep. Say, if I were to hear this, what would I want to hear differently or how would it affect me? Yeah. And that's a really good way to get the reps in. And then you can trace the patterns. Yeah. Right. It's a log. At the yeah. end of the day, it's a log. What was I going through that day? Who was I around that day that I had that bad day? What did I eat? What, how much sleep did I get? Right. And you can start to trace the patterns. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm repeating instead of repairing. Mm-hmm. And that's the goal is to always repair, not repeat. Yeah. 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 And this is something I've personally struggled with. Mm. You know, I think most men can relate to struggling. 100%. And like growing up in my family, we just didn't have these deep conversations. Yeah. You know, we just, we weren't good. Right. I guess it's not, I guess it is a skill, but oh, it is. we, yeah. we just didn't have the guidance from, you know, no judgment onto my parents. They were doing the best that they could with sure. what they had, Sure, but it was just one of those things where yeah. I wasn't used to it. So coming into the last several years of my life where I mm-hmm. really understand the importance of this, yeah. it has become very much so a practice. Yeah. Well, it's, you've normalized it. Yeah. One of my main goals with my show and just my whole movement and purpose is to normalize vulnerability in a more light way. I want to make vulnerability the new sexy yeah, for men. I love like it. that's my goal. It's just like right now we all have to wear a mask. We've normalized wearing a mask to the point where if you see someone who's not wearing a mask, you're like, oh, where's their mask? Mm-hmm. If you, we can normalize for men to be more vulnerable, it's okay to be transparent with your feelings. It's a sign of bravery, not weakness. It's the opposite of what we've been conditioned to. Yep. And if we can normalize it, it'll be just, just that'll be normal. <laughs> yeah. And that would really be resolve the root cause of so much relationship conflict. Also so much criminal acts, you know, a lot exactly. of this is really pent up emotions sure. and people don't know how to express them. And so yeah. they end up making poor decisions yeah. and really hurt people, hurt people. Exactly. And so when you start to heal those deep inner wounds, emotionally, yeah. mentally, spiritually, sure. that's when you start to actually heal as a human Yeah, and you're able to make choices that are in the best interest of those around you in addition to yourself. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, think about it like this, like with, with your family growing up with your dad, let's just say how many times have you heard your dad say, Oh man, maybe not to you, Ryan, but to anyone uh, that, that really hurt my feelings. Yeah. Almost never. Yeah. It's just not a common thing. It's not a common thing that men say. And if you were to say that to a group of your guy friends, yeah, and you may have different friends, Justin, sure. <laughs> but like, you know, your average group of dudes. Yeah. 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 And you said that, They'd be like, man, the fuck up, man up. Don't stop crying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the, when you have that conditioned from childhood and then all of a sudden our wives are asking us to open up more. Our ego says I am. And and you get tough and you show anger because it's the easiest emotion to express. Mm. But deep down you're like, I'm confused. You're, you're speaking a whole nother length. What? I don't even know how to spell vulnerability, let alone like <laughs> act on and tap into my feelings. What are you talking about? I've yeah. never done this before. And what's another thing that men have a hard time with doing is, aside from being vulnerable? Mm. I mean, a lot of things. I'll I'm give not- you a, a, just a quick one. Asking for help. Mm. Yeah. It's so it goes, difficult. It goes hand in hand. Exactly. Because it shows weakness. Yeah. Oh, I can't do it. So she's going to think or he's going to think that. Right. So now I'm confused as to how to be vulnerable. I have no clue. And now I'll be damned if I ask on how to do it. You're repeating instead of repairing. Yeah. I remember being a kid on road trips back before we had GPS and, 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 you know, you had the old printout of the MapQuest directions. (laughs) Oh man. And we'd be totally lost. And my mom would be like, 
let's just pull over, ask someone for help. My dad would be like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. I can figure I got this it. out. <laughs> I know where we're going. Totally. And we'd proceed to waste, you know, 30, yeah. 40, 50 minutes. Because of find, ego. Yeah, because of ego. Yeah, just because not of pride. ask for help. I know. And that's the thing is, it's also important to reframe the context of asking for help because humans love to help other people. It's, yep. it's wired in our DNA. Sure. That's what makes so many of us feel good mm-hmm. is to say like, I helped this person. Yeah. And so when you ask for help, you're opening up the opportunity for that person to feel amazing about themselves, mm-hmm. to be doing something good for someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think it's missed a lot of times. Totally. People think I'm bothering you. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm troubling you right. with, you know, this request or, and obviously it could be that way in sure. certain circumstances, but for the most part, you ask someone for a simple tip or a simple question, Yeah, they're happy to provide value to another human. Totally. That makes all of us feel better at the end of the day. And guess who would be the most happy to help? Your partner. Yeah. The person <laughs> that, you, that you have the deepest connection with and share love with. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing is, is you're sharing love. You hit it on the head, right? And you're building a bond of trust. Wow. Like Justin's asking me to help. He's never really asked. That says so much to that partner, in this case, my wife, than anything else, right? So it's just, um, we can sit here all day and talk about what now is kind of common sense to us, but for a long time, it was rocket science. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's different capacities for asking for help. Totally. Right? Saying like day in and day out, can you do these dishes for me or something sure, like that sure, is, sure. is different than yeah. saying, I'm having trouble with these feelings or these exactly. emotions or these dynamics within our relationship. Sure. Can we talk through it? Can you help me? Yeah. Completely different scenario yeah. than just asking for favors for, you know, various tasks. Yep. A little bit different situation. hundred percent. Um, well moving on from vulnerability, or I guess it's somewhat tied in. Yeah. You know, we talked about love mm-hmm. and I know a big part of your work, the work that you do with your clients, the, the work that you put out in on your content, yeah. your podcast mm-hmm. is about self-love. Totally. And I feel so many people are void yep. of this self-love and that creates these self-destructive behaviors. Yeah. And that's what I find a lot of times when people are in this repetitive cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it could be relationships, it could be finances. For me, it's always their health because mm-hmm. they come to me for help with getting well. And you see these repetitive, you know, these uh, repeated behaviors that are clearly not serving them. Mm-hmm. They know they're not serving them but they continue to fall into these vicious cycles. Yeah. And a lot of it, when I start to do a lot of the different mindset work I do with, with patients, mm-hmm. comes back to an actual disconnect. And they're actually, because they don't have this self-love, they don't feel like they deserve to feel good. They don't feel like they deserve to get in shape. They deserve to have, you know, reach their goals. And it's inhibiting them on a subconscious level. You ask that person, do you want to lose 50 pounds or do you want to have more energy? They say, hell yeah. What are yeah. you talking about? What kind of question is that? Yeah. But subconsciously, they don't feel like they deserve it or they almost feel like they- They're not worthy. Yeah, they're not worthy. That's a great yeah. way to put it. Yeah. It's so interesting because um, I remember first hearing the word self-love a couple of years ago, like four or five years ago. And my first thought to myself, I love myself. That was like my first quick knee jerk. I love myself, maybe too much, you know, like the selfishness. Yeah. And when I was really breaking it down, I'm like, okay, I think I have the different idea of, of self love. And for me, I grew up and, and still in large part today struggle with feeling worthy enough, Mm -hmm. feeling like I deserve what I desire because I definitely desire it, but, but do I deserve it? It's like a struggle for me. Right. 
but right now we'll, we'll focus, um, for self-love for love. I believe and 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 everyone, you know, um, is entitled to an opinion. If people disagree with this, no worries. I think, um, it's almost impossible to love someone if you don't love yourself. Agreed. I, I really, I, I gotta, I gotta stay on this hill because I'm like, I just, I can't imagine how you're able to give someone love that you wouldn't even give yourself, mm-hmm. how you're able to receive love from someone when you can't even receive it from yourself. You're so closed off from receiving it from anyone because you may not feel worthy enough or deserving enough. So I had to really like change the definition of self-love for myself in order to truly understand it and then to be able to love so much more. It's almost like I had to be more to give more. I had to be more loving with myself to give more love and then to receive it. And I've, I've really, again, to this day, it's, it's a little bit of, um, uh, like a self-sabotage situation because I, again, from an abandonment background, which is traumatic and it's neglect and so on and so forth. And, um, Oprah actually talks about this in, in her new book, uh, what happened to you. And she said, there's so many different levels under the umbrella of trauma like just because the the traumatic experience doesn't have a capital T on it, it doesn't mean it wasn't hurtful or painful, right? Yep. And so coming back, you know, again, from where I'm coming from and from childhood, it's really hard for me to feel worthy. I never really received words of affirmation growing up. I never really received touch. I received quality time. A lot of it was quantity, but it still received some quality time. But the one thing I really received was gifts. So I'm definitely feeling like I'm deserving and worthy enough to receive gifts, but love, affection, quality time, it's tough for me, man. To this day, it's 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 like a it's like a challenge. But the more I practice it, like we talked about, it's like a it's like a muscle that you keep training. And the more I see my relationship with my wife um, getting deeper and getting like stronger with a bond. And really saying, I, I, you know what, if this person wants to love me, I'm going to try to let them love me because you have a choice. Yeah. We all have a choice. Yep. And before I didn't realize this, but I was blocking that. I was really blocking that. And, it, and when I would block love from others, it would be, it would look like when things got like to a certain level of, of, I could see it going deeper and I can see them getting closer to me and I can see the love building. I would subconsciously say, what's my exit strategy? Cause this is not going to last nothing lasts. So I would almost like wait like a bouncer at the club at the door for my exit strategy. Like when this heart catches on fire, I'll be the first one out the door. You know what I mean? And and I was like, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep self-sabotaging. So I would like pick stupid fights and battles and we would argue about some things and take a little thing into a big thing and would just keep going. I'd keep pouring fuel to the fire and ultimately the relationship would end. And in my head, I'm like, dodged a bullet. My heart wasn't broken. But I'm I'm desiring love. Yeah. What the hell kind of equation is this? And then again, uh, when I met my wife, she was the first person that, and she never really even said it. She didn't have to. She made me just feel that I was worthy of being loved. And she was like, just, if you allow me to show you how I can love you, I will do it. And it was like a trust exercise. 
and we're, we're still going through it, but so far so good. That's incredible. So, man. Yeah, man. And so throughout this journey, cause I think a lot of people can also, you know, have similar situations where, you know, whatever divorce in the family, they feel like unworthy. They feel like yeah. they were abandoned. They sure. feel the same emotions that you're describing you went through and, mm-hmm. you know, continue to work through. Yeah. What were some of the the key teas, uh, key tips uh, that you've learned along your journey? I know you mentioned therapy being a huge yeah. part of this process. Yeah. Um, anything else in regards to just taking someone who feels unworthy mm-hmm. and allowing them to accept and embrace love? Yeah. Mantras help me a lot. Affirmations, um, journaling these things and setting intentions and, and really manifesting all that I desire and deserve. But the other thing is celebrating the wins. Like I am a perfectionist. I am my worst critic. It's it's so bad. It's another huge thing I'm working on. But one thing that I've really tried to do lately is to just celebrate the win. So in the past, when I would get a win, I'd be like, okay, cool. Next. What's next? And I would just keep moving because I was obsessed yep. with getting more wins. I was obsessed with winning. I'm very mm-hmm. competitive. And so, but I never sat down to like actually celebrate like, Okay, time out. Stop the movie. Let's 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 focus here. I just had an entire conversation with my wife about something that we couldn't even get in the same room, let alone on the same page with two months ago. Not only are we on the same page, but we're finishing each other's sentences and we're we're able to communicate without it blowing up to that's a whole win. Stop right there and celebrate that win. And when you feel a reward, a sense of reward or achievement, what happens? It's contagious. Yes. You want more. Mm-hmm. But now you want more with the right intention. You don't want more in the greedy intention. You want more in like, that That felt so good. I'm better for it. My partner's better for it. My people in my circle are better for it. I want more of that. And again, not a greedy way. So it's, it's really, again, mantras, affirmations, repeating to yourself, I am, everyone is worthy of feeling loved. Everyone is deserving of love. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my mom, I, I mentioned earlier when I had her on the show, she told me something on air that I've never heard before. And she said, the first time I ever felt love from someone came in the form of a guy that she was seeing. She was 37 years old. Wow. 37. I'm 34. So if I'm her at this point, I don't even know what love looks like or feels like. And I got so emotional when she told me that obviously, cause she's my mom. But then I just thought how many people can relate to that? Yeah. How many people like, like when, when you hear the word love, Ryan, you don't necessarily have to tell me what comes to mind, but I'll just ask you, do you feel happy when you hear that word or sad or, or do you think good or do you think bad when you hear the word love? Good, happy, positive, connected. I mean, great. It's definitely a positive yeah. association. That is beautiful that you feel that way. But a lot of people feel the opposite when they hear the word love. And I'm like, that, that breaks my heart because again, we all are worthy and deserving of feeling love. Even if we didn't get it from childhood even if we haven't experienced it yet in a relationship. But what's in our control is implementing self-love, doing things that make us happy on a continuous basis, on a consistent basis, celebrating the wins when you have an achievement, whether it's a promotion at work, 
a win in an argument with your partner, uh, a win in a basketball game, a win in a, a, a weight goal that you set out to do, a diet goal, whatever the case is, celebrate that. And here's another thing too that's really hard for me. It still kind of is. Receiving and accepting compliments from mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Most people just shrug them off. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Like just sit with that. Yeah. You earned that. You earned that compliment. Sit with it, embrace it and celebrate it. Yep. That's huge. So many people will have trouble receiving yeah. positive feedback and praise. Because they don't feel worthy or deserving. Precisely. Yeah. And I also love what you touched on with the affirmations and the mantra. Something I've been teaching people for years and doing myself is called yeah. the morning formula. Mm. And this is where you have essentially you write out your morning formula, which is a credo, a vision for your life, where you want to be, all the different things you want to accomplish. Then you have principles for your life, different rules that you live by, yeah. non-negotiables. Yep. Then you have a series of affirmations and you really reframe your limiting beliefs and your negative thought patterns as an affirmation in a yeah. positive light. Mm-hmm. And what I love that I found to be transformative is a lot of people will read affirmations. Mm-hmm. They'll read the mantras. Mm-hmm. I love, or they'll even say them. I love to actually talk it out on a voice recorder yep. and listen to myself say these things day in and day out, right when you wake up in the morning, where, yeah. you're, where your brain is most susceptible to rewiring your thought patterns, to actually right. changing. And obviously there's a quantum effect of this with different energies in the universe, sure. but there's also a physiological change that takes place. When you start to hear yourself say these things day in and day out, you start to believe them. Oh yeah. And you start to really bring them to fruition. Yeah. And it reminds you of your vision and your goals and the things that you're really destined to do, to become, to achieve. Yeah. And I think that's just such a powerful tool for people because it's free. It's easy. It doesn't take long. Yeah. And it could be two minutes of your day. Sure. You know? Yeah. My, my quick takeaways from what you just said, which is so impactful and powerful. Number one is what you focus on, you create more of. Yep. So if you want to focus on things to complain about, Mm -hmm. you're going to be given more things to complain about. That's like the mindset of abundance. Right. Yep. And the other thing is, is, and, and I'm, I'm quick to do this. Like I get up now at 5 a.m. I'm part of the 5 a.m. club, um, but it's not easy, right? Let's just say it never gets easier. Um, and then also like I used to um, go for hikes in the morning, et cetera, now that I'm out in LA and I can take advantage of that in January from Chicago. And so I used to put on these like, uh, it's called uh, Motiversity. It's a YouTube channel mm-hmm. and it's like, um, <clears throat> it's all these motivational speakers. Eric Thomas is on there. Tony Robbins, you name it. Um, uh, uh, Goggins, I can't think of. Yeah, um, David Goggins. D- David Goggins. Yeah, I was going to say Tony. So David Goggins. All these guys are on there. And they're just pumping out these like words of affirmation and these these mantras and you can do it. And they're like yelling. I'm like, yeah, I got this. I'm on my hike. I'm going. But how amazing would it be if it was my own voice? Exactly. In a voice recording, as you just said. That's that triggers, amazing, it man. It triggers something different in exactly. the neurochemistry. Yeah. When you hear yourself say those, especially yeah. when you record it with a really positive tonality, very uplifting voice. Like yeah. you're not like monotone, just uh, <laughs> you're like, you're jazzed up. Exactly. You know, you're bringing yeah. the heat. Yeah. Cause there's something in me that when, you know, it's Kobe Bryant speaking and Michael Jordan speaking and Tony Robbins speaking, I'm like, yeah, but they're Michael Jordan and they're Tony Robbins, right? But if I'm speaking that, mm-hmm. and like you said, with an energetic tone, exactly, I'm going to believe it more because it's me saying it. It's yeah. what I want to become. And we all have waves of yeah. motivation and times when we feel sure. low, times where we feel high, that's part of life. Sure. 
But when you record this at a time you feel high, yeah. when you're feeling motivated, and then you listen to it in a time when you're feeling a little lower, yeah. you hear that voice, you hear that energy, yeah. that frequency, mm-hmm. and it brings you back yep. to when you were on that momentum swing and you were on top of the world and you're feeling super good. Yeah. And so it helps to recalibrate totally that mental state yeah because you know you can achieve it you know you've been there mm-hmm. when things are just clicking and everything's working for you and all yeah. these things are yeah. going your way you can bring yourself back there daily yeah and because you can feel it that that's the beauty of the voice note you yep. can feel you can't really feel words on a paper that's the thing but you can feel your voice and yep. your tone and and you're you could probably tell if you were standing recording it or sitting recording it right oh, totally i actually give that a lot to my my clients for consultations in good or bad I'm like, you need to get this out because either A, if it's bad, you never want to go back there again. And even if you do, because life happens, you now know how to get out of it. Or B, you're on this high of high and you need to get back to that, mm-hmm. right? And it's something that's so powerful and and I, I cannot stress enough. Um, another thing I, I just wanted to add to um, before I forgot, when it comes to the worthy and deserving thing, uh, really quick, another thing that helped me, and I'm surprised I didn't remember it initially, a love letter to myself. Mm. Talk about self-love. Yeah. And the love letter was not just like, you know, manifesting what I want. And this. it's like, I was talking to childhood me. I was talking to the seven-year-old boy me saying, you're not responsible for your father not showing up to your game. You know, it's like really getting into it and yeah. forgiving that little boy, forgiving the teenager who was confused, forgiving the early 20s, hell, for who was confused. And then it's manifesting and so on and so forth for what you want. But writing a love letter to yourself, homework assignment for everybody listening or watching, write a love letter to yourself and do not hold back. Go as long as you need to. Go as deep into childhood stuff, trauma stuff as you need to. And watch how healing this is. You touched on a word there that I think is a really powerful catalyst to create this shift, mm. a really integral piece of the equation. Yeah. And that's forgiveness. Yeah. So many of us are holding ourselves hostage with the past mistakes we've made, yeah. the harm that others have done onto us, the harm we've done onto other people. For sure. And forgiveness is not about forgetting the past. It's about opening up more space right. in your heart. Yeah. Because to diametrically opposed things can't occupy the same space no and so when there's anger or resentment or hate there can't be love and gratitude and bliss no and so you have to really forgive the people that have wronged you forgive yourself yeah so many of us have so much trouble forgiving ourselves Mm -hmm. and that i think is a huge key in unlocking this whole equation to self-love and to worthiness is just understanding we're all making a million stupid mistakes you're going to make a million more you just have to start loving yourself through these mistakes. 100%. You have to understand that it doesn't define you and we no one's perfect. We're all no. human. We're all just doing the best with what we got. Yeah. That's that's really that's that's big, man, and and I couldn't agree more. I think if anyone is listening or watching right now thinking, "Ah, oh, those guys have it all together." Like <laughs> rest assured, I am hands my whole show is about how I messed up, okay? So like yeah, yeah. and what not to do, okay? I I am no I've no shame of of what I've what I've done, where I've been, and now where I am and where I'm going. But this took years. Mm-hmm. I, well, like when I say therapy, I've been in therapy since I was nine, basically. And from 
adulthood. So like uh, maybe 20, 21 years old to 34 every single week. Wow. An international model. I traveled the world. Didn't matter. I would never skip. Actually, sorry. The only week I skipped was the week of my wedding. <laughs> I was like, well, hopefully all this work is working now yeah, yeah. and take the week off. But <laughs> other than that, I never skipped a week. It's it's like, you know, for people who, and I say this in a sensitive way, for people who deal with addiction, you know how important it is to stick to your routine. Yep. This was my routine. I was addicted to toxicity. I can't go back kind of thing. You know, and I know what works for me and I know what doesn't. And I don't even want to... I'm strong enough to probably mess with temptation, but I don't even want to bother with it. You know, it's one of those things. So it's like, you know, this took years to get to the mindset that we had and work and work and work. And as our boy Brandon says, when the work works, oh, it's a beautiful thing, man. It is, man. (laughs) It is. So one question on the therapy. Sure. Because I know this is something I've wondered. There's a personal question I've kind of sorted through and I've had People ask me this. I know people out there are wondering this. Mm-hmm. How do you find a good therapist? Yeah, great question. I love this question. Everyone get ready. Finding a therapist is like dating. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Yeah. I, I want to find someone I want to spend the rest of my life with. I plan on going to therapy for life. So that, that, at yeah, least yeah. that's just me. I want to find someone that I can be vulnerable with, mm-hmm. that I can share deep, dark secrets with. It's something I've never told anyone else because I'm trying to work through it. I want to find someone that I, I like to be around. I enjoy their company. Yeah. And I want to find someone who can want to get to know me as much as I want to get to know them. It's dating. Yeah. That's, that's what it is to find a therapist. And what happens when you date? It can be a struggle. You can go on date after date and person after person and therapist after therapist. So be patient with this process. And as we all know, if anyone's in a serious relationship or happily married, when you find the one, everything makes sense. It's effortless. It's bliss. It's beautiful. It's joy. It's the same thing with a therapist. When you Mm -hmm. find someone who gets you, who you feel safe with, you feel there's no judgment. You feel that I could tell a lot of people this information to, but there's no one else who I'd rather give this to than this person. That is the best therapist. So there's multiple ways of therapy as well, right? There's cognitive behavioral therapy. There's trauma therapy. There's there's all different kinds. So everyone keep that in mind too. I think it's important to really be aware and then accept what are some of the things that you want to work through. And then you can, you can seek out a therapist per that, um, what they specialize in. Um, the other tip I would just have for therapy is it's like anything else. If you were to half-ass therapy, you're going to get half-ass results. And you're really ultimately cheating yourself because the therapist is getting paid regardless. Yep. <laughs> so it's you can get as much benefit as you want yep. out of therapy. So keep that in mind. Um, it's don't, like most things in life. What you put in is what you get yeah, out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And none other than, than that is so true with therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, be prepared because it's going to take you down many trips of memory lane. Uh, childhood, it, it all stems back to childhood. Whether you have the greatest childhood ever or the worst, it's going to stem back to childhood. Um, I think, too, you, you, something that I've um, laughed about now, but I was like confused about before, I'd have the best day ever, and it happened to be a therapy day, and I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm good. I don't really need to like sit down. I'm, I'm good. The work is working. And... 
I still never skipped. And I remember the first like four or five times I'd feel this way. I would tell my therapist, I'm like, on the good days, I need to come see you. And he goes, oh, I mean, you, you tell me. How long will the good days last? And I was like, oh. And he's like, there's always something to work on. Always. Even if you're good, great. Let's talk about how you got to good. Yeah. So we can figure out how to maintain it. Mm-hmm. Totally. So it's it's a win-win. And um, and last but not least, when it comes to finding a therapist, um, like actual going out insurance, all that, obviously every insurance company is different, so on and so forth. But there are a ton of resources out here. There's a ton of websites that we can all look at and look into. Um, and, and, you know, thank God I had my... I have two therapists. One's in Chicago. It's like my childhood therapist. And then my one out here in LA. Um, thank God I had this support system during the pandemic, you know, yeah. cause we all were going through it, whether it was for work relationship, you know, being at home with our kids and trying to become a teacher all of a sudden, you name it. Um, we all needed to vent out a lot of things. Totally. So, um, so yeah, that's all very, very helpful. Yeah. And any websites you recommend like is, yeah, I think, um, uh, there's a, um, company called better help is one. Um, there is, um, the one I got my Elliot therapist, it's blanking me now, but I'll make sure I give it to you and we can put it in the show notes for sure. Perfect. Um, yeah, there's a lot of websites. And then again, with these websites, you type in kind of what you're looking for and then it kind of just keeps narrowing it down. And, and I also want to say too, just don't give up. It's, it's again, it's back to dating. Yeah. You, you can't give up. You know, you got to kiss a few frogs to get your brain. You know, we all know how it works. So mm. just don't give up, stick, stick to it. Um, and just be patient with it. And, uh, cause I promise you it's worth it. I've it just like, again, a workout session. I've never regretted it. I've never regretted a therapy session. In fact, 99.9% of the time, if I'm not at home, I'll, I'll come home from the therapy session and I'm like bouncing off the walls and Shay, my wife's like, Oh, you had a therapy session. Okay. <laughs> you know, she's like, she already knows now. It's like, yeah. it's such a high. Cause for me, um, part of the masculine energy is finding solution to an issue. Totally. It's like a, a drug. It's like you're addicted to it. Like, and you want more. And and when you really start to get in there and, and find out why and where and when and how, uh, it's just, it's, it's no pun intended. It's very therapeutic for me. Yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> I love that. One more thing I want to touch on with self-love sure. is a lot of people associate self-love with self-care. You know, things like massages, mm-hmm. facials, laying out on the beach, and even indulging in you yeah. know, delicious food. Mm-hmm. And I think that all can be part of the equation. Sure. But for me, what I've learned is self-love is really about showing up for yourself and putting in the hard work. Yeah. It's not the glamorous shit. Right. It's not like the pedicures and, you know, cucumbers on it your It can eyes. be, but yeah. That's all part of self-care and that's all part of the equation. It's like the frosting on the cake. Yeah. The (laughs) foundation is really doing the hard shit that you don't feel like doing. Right. That moves you closer to the vision you have for your life. Yeah. It's really about making these moves for yourself Mm -hmm. that are going to better you as a human, that are going to better your circumstances, are going to better your situation. Mm -hmm. And that's something I think a lot of people don't associate with like getting a workout in when you feel lazy waking up early yeah. when you want to hit snooze, you know, uh, prepping nourishing food when you're craving takeout. Just going to say, go to the grocery store. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. All these things. Uh, and also having the hard conversations you're dreading. Yes. You know, that's yeah. all, those are all just prime self-love. Yeah. I think if, if anyone needs like just a dumbed down cliff note, like definition, a, uh, a universal definition of self-love, as long as it is serving and healing to you, 
that is self-love. That includes your friends, your family, and setting boundaries with your family, especially around the holidays, or if you happen to be planning a wedding. Um, (laughs) Also, um, just again, really understanding that you are worthy, you are deserving of what you desire, because that allowance, because it's that, right? We have to make a choice to allow ourselves to receive that. That is a form of self-love. Going to therapy is self-love. It's maybe one of the biggest self-loves you because you, it's healing and it's it's all the above. So again, anything that is serving and healing to you, to me, equates to self-love. That's beautiful. Yeah. Great place to wrap up. Justin, yeah, where can people learn more about your work, your consulting services, yeah. all that type of good stuff? Sure. So um, working on the website as we speak, but uh, Instagram for now is the best way to get to me. It is at Mr. Just Davis. That's M-R-J-U-S-T-D-A-V-I-S. Um, and on there, there's a link in the bio where it's one-on-one consultations with me. It's just me and you via Zoom or me, you and my wife, uh, who's I've I've pulled her finger to, to really get in here and want to help me help other people. Um, and we just sit down and, and it's, it's some people have called it consultations, but most are calling it like a, like a mentorship, like accountability partner, you know, and I, um, I try to do everything I can ultimately to help and, um, to help serve. So, yeah. Beautiful, man. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate the work you're doing. It was Thank an you so honor much, brother. to be on your show. I highly encourage anyone listening in. Yeah. Go listen to part one where we talk all things health and wellness optimization yeah. uh, on Justin's podcast. Yeah, thank you. I actually forgot to shout that out. I'm so sorry. It's all good. Uh, yeah, Who Can Relate podcast. Who There's a new relate. episode every Tuesday. It's on YouTube. I'm a visual person. I need to see the people talking, put a face to a name. And it's also on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, you name it. But yeah, new episodes every Tuesday. Sorry. <laughs> of course, man. I love the show. So I encourage everyone to listen in. Thank you. Uh, and Dude, thanks for making the trip down here. Oh, it's been an honor to connect with you and spend some time and likewise, man. Kind of get a good, uh, good workout, cold plunge, sauna session in after yeah. that, so it'll be good. Yeah, thanks for having us. I appreciate it. My my wife's here too. Um, and really quick, just in case um, your listeners need to be reminded, I'm, I doubt that they do. But the person that you guys are listening to and you guys are watching, like if you haven't met Ryan in person, I'm just going to give everyone this, man. Everything you see is is actuality. Like you eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff, man. Like this is not a gimmick. This is not for money. This is not for notoriety or popularity. Like you genuinely are wanting to help people. So if any of your listeners or subscribers, just fans, were just like, uh, like about to hit the unfollow button, don't do it. <laughs> You'll be missing out. It'd be shame on you, not shame on Ryan. Um, you're just a great guy, man. And, and again, as I said on my, my show, we need more like you. So thanks brother. Thanks for having me. I received that. I appreciate that. Yeah, and man. I appreciate you, man. Thanks brother. It's been an honor. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found it helpful, please share it along to anyone else you believe it can serve. You can find the show notes and resources we discussed at ryankennedyshow.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review for the show. Your feedback helps to support me on my mission to positively impact as many people as possible with this information. Much love, everyone.